You may have seen your favorite restaurant on Instagram or other social media platforms uh, yesterday posting the hashtag Save Hospitality CA. Hundreds of independent restaurants across Canada have come together to launch a coalition called SaveHospitality.ca. I spoke about it limited amount yesterday, but I really wanted to get the mastermind on. He is John Sinopoli. He is from the Ascari Hospitality Group here in uh, Toronto. Welcome to the show, John. It is a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Okay, so you came up with this idea for this SaveHospitality.ca coalition. What is the idea and the primary goal behind this co- coalition? Well, the the goal is to create um, solutions to present to government to ensure the survival of our industry. Um, we're at uh, not just a crisis moment that you would think normally in other industries where there's been a credit crunch or whatever, we are in like a catastrophic failure moment in our industry where the predictions both on in Canada and south of the border are somewhere between 50 to 70% failure rate if nothing substantial is done. Um, that would create an immense cascade of negative financial effects through the economy um, that uh, I think most people don't really have a gr- good grasp of, but we being intimate with our business and how related we are to everybody else, we get it. Um, so we're really trying to save as many restaurants as possible um, to avoid um, like a 50 to 70% failure. Like it, we're going to lose some, oh. we know that we're, 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 we're yeah. trying to mitigate how many, how many throw in the towel and how many just don't have the resources to do it. And we've come up with a, a plan that is very bold and um, a very a little bit counterintuitive, but okay. Before it, we get to that plan, I just yeah. want to ask you. So, just for clarification, this is sort of like um, would you call this like a think tank of you know yeah, not just good, restaurants, but a, yeah, no, it's a good good way to put it. So, I started and, after I laid off all of our ninety seven employees uh, two weeks ago. Sat down and said, oh, we can't be helpless about this. And I reached out to friends of mine with government contacts. And they said, look, the government doesn't know what to do. They don't have the answers mm-hmm. to this problem. No one's ever had to face this before. Provide the solutions. Like, dictate the terms and, and, and do your best to put it forward. I said, great. So I took the bull by the horns. I started writing. My business partner was on his way back from vacation with his family. When he got back, we both went at it. We started sharing it amongst our peers in the business and sharing with other very, very smart restaurateurs and restaurant groups, uh, one of which, of course, is Oliver Bonaccini. Andrew Oliver, the president of that, has been uh, immensely involved in the development of these ideas and, and moving them forward. And really, I just started sharing with other people, saying, here's a letter I wrote to government. We don't need a petition. We need direct contact. Um, right. And and we need to advocate one on one, but we need to do it with a unified voice. Um, we're not a group of people that normally gets together to do stuff other than charity events where we love to help our community. In general, we're a disparate, very diverse group of people. Yeah. This has changed well, you that. you kind of have to be because you're you're operating within your own silos, you know, trying to there's so much that goes into running a restaurant. Agreed. I know because I'm quite good friends with the. Uh, uh, Rocco Agostino, who runs yeah. Pizza Libretto, also part of your group. This isn't yeah. just restaurants, though. This is caterers. This is farmers. This is food shops. This is construction yeah. companies, breweries, yeah. wineries. They're all part of this coalition. Um, yeah. Were you overwhelmed or shocked? Or did you expect that everyone was going to come together as community at this time when everyone is so dependent on the government making the right decision? 
Right. Well, I, I'm not surprised that everyone understood the need to speak with one voice. I was definitely overwhelmed by the speed of the response. <laughs> the emails that came through were, were intense. Um, but it's really encouraging. And I'll tell you what, we, we all work together. Our suppliers, our landlords, our construction companies, we are partners with each other in this business. And we become good friends over the years. You spend many, many hours with all of these people. It's not just a business transaction. And that has become evident in this movement where we've all come together. We are one ecosystem. If we fail, everyone fails. Like I had suppliers calling me saying, John, how many people do you think are going to go under here? And I said, I don't like I don't have a crystal ball, but but a lot. And he said he said to me, we've done our math. If 25 to 30 percent of you don't make it, we're toast. We can't afford to absorb those receivables. That's not and that's very conceivable that 30 percent of these people fail. And that means the whole supply chain goes down. So we need to prevent that. And the number of jobs, it's not just the one million hospitality jobs across the country that have been lost already in two weeks. That's right. like the work, like the people that are servers and the people that are working right. the, the kitchen. A million people who work in hospitality, food and hotels, whatever, have been laid off in the past two weeks. That does not include all of the service providers, all of the supply chain, all of the logistics people, all of the, cleaners, the farmers, all, like the yeah. farmers, like all those people are also dead in the water. And so we need to save the whole ecosystem. All right. So before we get into the ins and outs, I want to get to your solution because I really do. But I think it's important to say that, you know, there were a lot of restaurateurs calling in after the prime minister announced the wage subsidies and the loans on on Friday. Uh, A lot of them did said this is not going to cut it for the hospitality industry. I know time's not on your side. Tomorrow's April 1st. That's rent day. So Mm -hmm. let's get to your plan. What are you asking for the government to do? And they have to do it ASAP. Right. So the the first thing is for the provincial government to um, implement a a pause or a freeze on lease and financial obligations for April 1st. So rent, mortgages. um, We're not saying we don't owe that money. Like we're not trying to get out of our obligation, but nobody has the means to pay it right now. Like uh, restaurants with sales of $22 million a year are saying we can't pay our rent on April 1st. That's how small our margins are. None of us have cash mm-hmm. reserves. So we, the, the, go, the government needs to say that legally you will not be in violation of your lease if you don't pay your rent tomorrow. Because I'll tell you, there's some landlords that are being great partners and there's some mm-hmm. that are not playing, not being good actors. Not playing that. Yeah, I, I'm sure that people are going to be shocked by that because they're like, wait a minute. Uh, I thought that the government had said, you know, you can work it out with your landlord. That is for people that are, are living in dwellings. It's yes, not for businesses. Exactly. exactly. So what we need that legal freeze for, to come from the premier's office tomorrow, from all the premier's offices across the country, not just in here in Ontario. Um, and and that will give us time to then continue our discussions to put our plan in front of the federal government to ask for the solution. So after over the past couple of weeks, we've basically come to the conclusion that the, in these emergency measure, measures of like loans, which nobody in the restaurant business needs another loan, like we're already right. up for eyeballs in debt, loan will sink us because our cash flow is so small, it, it, our, sorry, our margins are so small that we are a cash flow business. 95% of the money we take in goes to paying bills. So our margins are 5%. That means if we have to pay another loan, another, another something down the road on top of what we already make, it, there's, not, there's nothing to show for it. Like we basically have nothing left. 
So no one's gonna, no one wants to take another loan. Um, and then the wage subsidy, unfortunately, we've all laid off all of our employees unless you're doing takeout, right? And then if you're doing takeout, the so wage you can't. If you're not well. doing takeout, you can't just rehire people because well, no, you're not because, making any money. Exactly. Like, and the wage subsidy—they're not giving us the cash to pay them. They're deferring our source deductions. So it means you have to pay your staff now. Then you just don't owe the government that money later in source deductions, which would take forever to to come to fruition. And we just don't have any money. There's zero cash flow. So like the way I described it in our letter, our our, our we are a cash flow business. This mm-hmm. is not a slowdown in cash flow. This is a termination in cash flow. So like the train is not slowed down. It's fallen off the tracks. Right. That's the best metaphor. And the government needs to put us back on tracks. So our solution to government is to give us a massive cash stimulus in the form of forgivable loans. And that stimulus would be calculated as a percentage of our annual sales. So it would it would scale from the smallest places to the biggest places. And that money would help us pay our landlords right now because we don't want to be in a fight with our landlords. They're our partners, right? And then it would help us pay suppliers and keep them in business and keep that when, e- part of the ecosystem going. And then when you say the forgivable loan, if I could just clarify, when yeah. you say forgivable loan, is that not just a grant? What is a forgivable loan? No. So a grant is money you get and it may have some conditions, but it's a grant you don't owe it back, right? A forgivable loan is money we get we owe that money back to the government with penalties unless we open, pay HST, pay payroll taxes, pay our landlords, and then over a term, the loan becomes forgiven if we meet all those conditions. Got it. So, yes, it's, it's in theory, and hopefully it's money we don't have to pay back, but in reality, it's not just free money that someone can take and go to the Bahamas with next week. Mm-hmm. You I don't think anybody's going to the Bahamas. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but, but, Just yeah, thought so, I should throw that out there. Yeah. So beyond beyond um, the forgivable forgivable loans, I I cut you off because I really wanted to clarify okay. that because I no, I'm sure more more than a few people were wondering what was going on. What else are you asking for? So basically, all the other asks down the road to help our business model, we are happy to negotiate down the road right now. Okay. We need a rent freeze tomorrow before tomorrow on on lease obligations so that thousands of operators and not just restaurateurs, but other customer facing small businesses are not in violation of legal violation of their leases. That's first. Secondly, we need um, a plan in, to be done so that the operators don't lose faith. The problem is that after tomorrow, if people don't see a plan of like, how am I going to get through this? They're just going to throw in the towel. Because there is really no positive prognosis whatsoever for our business. So unless and how says, horrible is that for our, our economy that we'll recover at the end so of this if we throw in the towel? The, uh, the, the best argument for giving us or for, for, for considering this plan is the consequences of inaction. And I'll lay that out for you right now. So currently, like in the next two to three weeks, the government will be spending between 500 and 600 million dollars a week in EI for hospitality workers laid off alone. That's 2 billion dollars a month just in EI for hospitality workers. So, if 50% of our workers don't go back to work, that continues that infinitum not in just in EI but also in 
like social service payments. And I mean, our workers are the most vulnerable in society. We're talking about dishwashers and food runners and servers and cooks who don't make $100,000 a year. These are people who live month to month. They share apartments with friends. They don't drive big trucks and live in suburbia, right? Uh, They are most at risk of falling through the cracks and relying on municipal social services. So number one, people need to get back to work. Number Mm -hmm. two, the amount of money, if you don't invest on us now, the amount of money lost in the long run in HST um, uh, submissions, in income tax for us and all of our employees, in all the payroll taxes, let alone all of the supply chain. Like we're talking like Cisco, the largest distributor of any product in the world, Cisco, they're the biggest food distributor, but they also distribute more product than anyone else in the world to wholesale laid off 80% of their drivers last week. Like, we're talking about a cascade of negative effect that I don't think anybody really has considered thoughtfully. And we have, obviously, but but people in government have not. And and that they do not want to see that happen. Neither do we. Uh, it's well, gonna John, be battle, it's gonna I, be I think, already. I mean... It's going to be a lot worse if you don't act now. I think you're a great spokesperson for this. I, I have to say you're incredibly convincing and very easy to uh, it's very easy to digest why this uh, plan is a good one for uh, not only the province, but for Canada and for our local uh, restaurants in Toronto. Uh, very quickly, before I let you go, are you hearing from the government? Have you reached out to because you have to go all the way to the top on this one? We what do. are you hearing? So we've reached out to Bill Morneau's office directly a few times. We've heard back from staff, but haven't really heard back anything concrete yet um the mayor and and city councillors that i've spoken to have been incredibly helpful and supportive although they're not the ones making these decisions although mayor john tory is is told me he's pushing this up the flagpole very very um with like a real concerted effort today and tomorrow um we've been in contact with provincial ministries, um, but really they are focused on temporary Band-Aid solutions that get good press coverage. Like, oh, you can sell bottles of wine with your takeout now. <clears throat> that is really a red herring because it's, it's a drop in the bucket. <clears throat> it, yeah. doesn't support, it doesn't support the wine industry itself. Who, who, are, who are dying to get paid for all their product that they've already, that they already sold us, but we haven't paid them for because we have no cash flow. So uh, there's, there's, there's a couple small things that have been done to like make news and say, Oh, we're doing something. Um, and like, you know, the, the, the federal loans, I mean, $40,000 is not going to cut it for any restaurant in this crisis. So, well, John, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think, uh, you're a great point, man. I'm going to put this up on the Kelly Cotrera page at 640 toronto.com and I'll uh, share it with my uh, social network. And I encourage you to get, uh, your folks to share it with theirs. And hopefully Thank we you. get some traction here. Thank you Thank so you. much. Savehospitality.ca. 